Welcome back. This is Jeff Brown with Patrick Mooring. That's me. We're super excited to be with you again. Last time we were talking about base of power and work, we were working with kids and we were talking about the dark side. Today I thought we'd talk about the light side with Master Uguay, of course, right here. He is totally wants to be in on this one this time, even though I accidentally passive aggressively hurt his feelings last time. So I was there. I remember. Yes. Plus, I am wearing my dark side shirt to ironically portray the light side. Oh. <laughs> if you told me, I would have gotten in on it. Oh, definitely. No, it's all right. Sometimes irony can be pretty ironic sometimes. You know what the opposite of irony is? Wrinkly! Okay, I'm done. <laughs> pretty good. All right. So. Okay. So, in any case, last time we were talking about controllers, the, the dark side, fear, conditional love, manipulation. Fear is the path of the dark side that we talked about, using that to control children. There is problems with using the dark side, and like what Yoda said, that it's quicker and easier. If you want quick results, then you use fear, conditional love, and manipulation. The problem is that starts to lose effectiveness over time, and you get kids with serious issues, like Master Uguay here, who probably wants to get off of this up here. So we're going to let him get down. crazy thing called. So, so there, those of you who are listening and haven't seen Master Uguay, He's a tortoise, just so you know. He's a ninja tortoise. Alright, so in any case here, today we're going to talk about inf the influence power, which is trust, unconditional love, and, uh, and how that is actually better. But, unfortunately, it oftentimes takes longer for that to work. Right? Have you noticed that? It's true. <laughs> I think I'll weigh in with one or two more answers, just for funsies. I'm just kidding. Excellent. Nope. Always best to uh, get a kid to trust you, they'll go much further. Yes. So, and that works for uh, high school kids too, and when you're teaching, it makes a big difference. I think if I wanted to get my room to be quiet super fast, I can definitely put fear in them. Of course, they'd probably laugh at me because I'm not that scary. But uh, I get disappointed dad face. Oh, yes. That according works, to my students. That works really well, also. Yes, which so. many of them claim is worse. Oh, yes. Getting disappointed dad is horrible. All right, so let's go on to talk a little bit more about the illusion of control. Uh, one thing is you're going to have to, in order to go down the light side, you have to follow the instructions of Master Uguay from, not my tortoise, Master Uguay, but this he's is going to currently get, escaping under is, the couch? Yeah, he's trying to get under the couch right now. Okay. Uh, so this is going to get confusing now that we have two Master Uguays in the room. We've got Master Uguay the tortoise and Master Uguay the tortoise. Yeah, that's not That seems just like awesome squared. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, in order to be able to go down the light side, you have to follow Master Uguay's instructions right here, so. My old friend, the panda will never fulfill his destiny, nor you yours, until you let go of the illusion of control. Illusion? Yes. Look at this tree, Sifu. I cannot make it blossom when it suits me, nor make it bear fruit before its time. But there are things we can control. I can control when the fruit will fall. <laughs> and I can control where to plant the seed. That is no illusion, Master. Ah, yes. But no matter what you do, that seed will grow to be a peach tree. You may wish for an apple or an orange, but you will get a peach. But a peach cannot defeat Tai Lung. Maybe it can, if you are willing to guide it, to nurture it, 
to believe in it. But how? How? I need your help, Master. No. You just need to believe. Promise me, Shifu. Promise me you will believe. I... I will try. Mm, good. I love that part so much. All right, Master Uguay. Where'd he go? Oh, there he is. <laughs> Still trying to get under the couch. All right, so let's talk about what it means to give up the illusion of control when it comes to uh, working with kids. Do you have any thoughts on how that applies in this situation? Yes. Whenever you're working with uh, teens, you have to realize there's you're, you're only going to have as much control over the situation as they allow you to have. And they only allow you to have control if they trust you or think you have their best interests in mind. Um, my wife gets frustrated with me because I explain everything to like adults. And it's because I have the bad habit of just over-explaining because teenagers have to have a reason to do anything. Um, the because I said so is like the worst <laughs> possible like way to go with a teen because they that, that holds very little um, like potential to motivate them. So they have to trust you. They have to understand why they're doing something, and you have to give them a reason that's actually like logical. And I know that sounds crazy, logic with a teen, but that's the way you got to go. Yeah, well, I think they're more logical than oftentimes the stereotypes like to say. So more well, logical than many are. adults, I know. Oh yes, definitely. I, in fact, I, I prefer teaching teens oftentimes to adults because they, are, believe it or not, in a lot of ways easier to teach. <laughs> so. Well, you know, they're not quite as set in stone. They're still figuring out who the heck they are. Yes, so it's easier to manipulate them. Oh wait, that's the dark side. Uh, I totally forgot. Swing and a miss. Yeah. So. Um, uh, I think your turtle's trapped under the couch now. Just yeah, yeah it'll, it'll be good. He's Master Uwe. We have to give up the illusion of control. Okay. So in any case here, um, uh, Master Shifu, which actually means Master Master in Mandarin, uh, is uh, talks about how he does have certain things under control, and then Master Uwe kind of um, reminds him there are things you do, but things you don't. So like when we're talking about parenting, what kinds of things... Can, do you think fit that? The things we have control over and things that we have to give up? Well, um, you have to give up being the best friend because you won't ever be. Like, you can't be a parent and be like best buddies because occasionally you have to tell them that something they're doing uh, is probably going to lead to a negative consequence. Not from you necessarily, but from life. So uh, I, that would be the number one thing is... So you have to give up that? Yeah, but also you have to give up... Uh, occasionally they are going to make a choice that is poor even after you've said that, and they have to be able to make that poor choice. Because sometimes mistakes are the best teaching tool. Unfortunately, for anyone that's ever had a teen that like dates. Yes, that is true. So in any case, a couple things that I have found that... Uh, that I can control my reactions to them, I can control the way I talk to them, I can control all those things. I cannot control whether or not they're going to listen. And I have to be okay with letting certain things go. 
I have to be okay with letting them make mistakes. I have to be okay with them finding a way that fits who they are also. Just as Master Gui says, you will you may want it to be a different fruit, but it's gonna be a peach tree. So peachy. <laughs> So uh, with uh, my six kids, I've got my uh, fourth child is a senior in high school. So they've all gone through high school and uh, they've all become very different in, in very different ways. And I have to be okay with trying to help them become the best them that they can be, but not the best that I think they should be, if that makes any sense. So. Yes. <laughs> I have a 14 year old who, you know, all parents want their kids to have you know, perfect grades and be socially out and like able to handle social situations. And my son can, but you have to understand where he's coming from and you have to let him do it in his own way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so a lot of giving up the illusion of control is realizing that you can't force them in a certain mold that you want them to be that you can help them find their best selves, but they still have to be the one to find it. And you try and provide an environment for them to find it, but it's still gonna be them that finds it. You can't. The only thing you control is your own like viewpoint and perspective and way of interacting. Yeah. So uh, that's one of the reasons actually why I named Master Uguay what he is, because that's been one of the, my important lessons that I've had to learn myself as a teacher and as a uh, parent that I have to let certain things go because when I try and control things then uh, as uh, it says in a certain movie the more I tighten my grip the more starships star systems will slip through, slip through my fingers then uh, the more I try and control my teens the more they tend to go in ways that are even worse so that's kind of catchy we should write a sci-fi morality tale yes that, you know, how the dark side is bad and stuff like that. <laughs> no one's ever thought that thought before. No, definitely not. But, um, but anyways, uh, so letting go of that illusion of control has been a huge part of, of helping my kids to find their way, but also giving me peace as a parent, which is very important as well, is that the more that I'm anxious, the more I'm nervous, the more I want to control, and the more peace that I have as a parent, the more I can... Uh, I can see things more clearly um, uh, so that I can help provide an environment for them to be able to grow. Inner peace. Yes, exactly. Or as Master Uguay says in a different part, your mind is like this pool. When it is agitated, it's difficult to see. So, uh, so anyways, uh, let's talk a little bit more about how that works here in this certain situation here. Um, uh, for instance, again, uh, when we're anxious and we want to control, we want to um, do kind of like uh, what Calvin's teacher is doing right here. And I asked my students at school if they've ever had teachers that, you know, are kind of like this, who just seem frustrated, upset, angry with them. And if, does that inspire them to do better? Do they tend to perform better because of that? And I bet you can imagine what their answers typically are. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> well, you know, I have a, when I, I teach uh, journalism, broadcast journalism, so I have a continual due date every week, yeah. uh, deadline, and uh, my, my students say that around deadlines I tend to be a little... <laughs> it is know, that stress, yeah. That, yeah. Like, a little more yeah, I'm that way too, oftentimes, so, yeah. 
So the thing is, is that uh, I've noticed that if a kid gets the idea that I don't like them, then they start being counterproductive. They actually try and make things difficult on me. They'll go the opposite way. They'll do all those kind of things. So I want them to see me as a partner in, uh, not as a friend, more like a coach. A coach, parent, teacher, I feel like those are all kind of similar things. So that I can, instead of saying, you need to please me, the idea is, look, there's a standard over there. I want you to meet it. I'm here to help you to meet it. And I think you can do it. So providing belief in them that they can do it. I notice you do that a lot with your kids. Um, honestly, that's the only way a program uh, like mine functions because unlike other classrooms that have like textbooks and that sort of thing, uh, my, my classroom's completely project-based. Ooh, buzz term, project-based learning. <laughs> right. Good to get that in there. I use an education at buzzword. Yeah. Um, not on purpose. Uh, and actually I feel a little, little I'm clean having said it. Uh, no. We're going to try and fit a few more buzzwords in here before the end of this, so you know. Synergy. Right. We're going to do some um, synergy. So. We're synergizing. We're synergizing. Uh, okay. Um, Jabberwocky. Okay, I totally went off. <laughs> That's okay. I've well, listened to podcasts. Apparently this is a thing. Okay. What was the question? Oh, yes. The question was uh, get, believing in kids that they can meet the oh, standards. Yes. Sorry. And the standard is is kind of the, the thing they have to overcome, not you as a teacher or parent. Mm -hmm. And for my kids, it's telling an engaging journalism story, which, you know, they're kind of competing against phones and every other, like, entertainment source in the world. So to tell an engaging story is, uh, the only way to do that is to let the, the student journalist own the story. And you have to believe that they can tell it the right way, even if sometimes they don't. <laughs> like follow uh, all the things that you would yeah. but if they hit the you know for us uh, state career and tech educational standard for um, broadcast journalism then that's a win yeah it's totally, and again the idea is getting them to see the standard the thing that they're trying to accomplish that's the difficult thing it's not not pleasing me is a difficult thing because i'm already pleased by them i'm just here as a coach to say we're gonna you're gonna climb that wall and i'll help you figure out how to do that and so they kind of see you as a partner in that and trust you that's what we're trying to get with the light side of the force is light side power comes from trust and unconditional love that you're going to care and love them as they try and climb that wall as they fail to climb that wall and as they make mistakes and then eventually hopefully climb the wall but you got to love them the whole time otherwise they start to see you as the enemy rather than as the coach who's going to help them get over it and they eventually just want to stop trying to climb the wall when I am most on the dark side, it usually has to do with my own inner turmoil, my own anxiety, my own want to control. And so finding a more peaceful place is actually pretty important about being a better teacher and a better parent. So I wanted to show a couple scenes here from Lilo and Stitch. I love Lilo and Stitch because um, it's a good example of, of kind of a difficult parenting situation. You know, she's being raised by her sister. She, um, uh, their parents died. Her sister obviously was not um, in a place to, to be able to do this, but she's trying her best. She's trying her hardest. 
So I want to talk about some things that work for her and things that don't, but in no means am I demeaning her sister because her sister's really just doing her best. Same thing with most parents as well. So. So that's kind of the dark side of it right there. Um, this happens when you're upset, you're frustrated. Uh, the question is, does that usually change behavior in the long-term type way? It doesn't even change behavior in the short-term most of the time. No. As you can see, she was still running and licking her arm there. So, uh, but now later on when things calm down a little bit, here's kind of, here's a, a better example. They're talking about things and uh, they can kind of form that trust. Yeah, well, from now on... I like you better as a sister than a mom. Yeah? And you like me better as a sister than a rabbit, right? Oh, 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 oh. Yes. Yes, I do. I hit Myrtle Edmonds today. You hit her? Before I bit her. You bit her? Lilo, you shouldn't. People treat me different. They just don't know what to say. I'll tell you what. If you promise not to fight anymore, I promise not to yell at you. Except on special occasions. Tuesdays and bank holidays would be good. Yeah, would that be good? <laughs> so at that point, they're able to talk a little while and uh, to come to a conclusion of what they can do, how she can start to get better. That's when they decide to get the dog, which really make things a lot better with Stitch, right? No, I'm just kidding. Stitch is awesome. <laughs> he is, but not at first. Now, speaking of changing behavior... That Badness actually... level was unusually high for someone his size. Yes. It's one of my favorite t-shirts. All right, so in any case here, um, uh, I don't know, have you... Uh, Notice kind of what works best with your kids that kind of help them to learn the stuff? Like, in what environments does that tend to happen with your kids? Well, I mean, I have my own children. I mean, they have some uh, sensory issues. They have um, some spectrum-like tendencies. And it ends up being, if you get frustrated with them, like my eldest child, I'll just know he'll reach a point where he cannot process anymore. And so if you try to teach him when he cannot process, it's only gonna escalate and make the situation worse. So sometimes you just gotta, and in my son's case, he, he just needs a quiet place by himself for a little bit. I'm like, all right, you go chillax for a bit. Like we were at the zoo on Saturday and I could tell he was reaching his limit of social interaction. So I, there's a, a loop that came around back to and I'm like, go sit on that bench and just chillax for a little while. We'll go do the loop with the other kids. And when we came back, he was fine because he was able to like decompress for a little while and not have to interact. And I think all kids have that threshold where they can no longer process. The problem is it's usually when they're, uh, they're acting out, you're angry with them, you're frustrated and you're trying to, why are you doing this? And they can't tell you, they can't really work it out themselves because they don't know themselves that they've hit a limit. So. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like that example. And the fact that sometimes there's limit. I, I find that I myself need to 
go sit and chill out for a little while too sometimes. Yes, yes. <laughs> I've seen that. So Mr. Morning will like bring me to social functions sometimes. I'm like, okay, let me go chillax for a little while. <laughs> and uh, that's why I bring my own car to almost everywhere I go socially with my wife as well. Because I have my limits also. I, we watched a movie together. I, I like went to the bathroom and I came out and he was gone. I was like, okay, I guess he reached his limit. <laughs> Totally forgot about that. Yeah. So, yeah. Bye. I, I just <laughs> I bring my own car everywhere pretty much with Tiffany also because she likes to uh, talk. Anyways, uh, I find that when I escalate, my kids will escalate one way or another. It could be either through crying or anger, but eventually, like every time that happens, like with the yelling and screaming, that things just get worse and worse. Now, it, uh, the thing is, is that a lot of parents think it has to be either... Uh, either you are the permissive parent who allows the child to do anything, which we see that a lot also, or you're the, I'm going to control the kid and that's going to be better for them in the long run. We think it's going to be, we have to be one side or the other. So the goal is trying to find how to stay on the light side firmly, yet still provide the guidance that they need. And have you found any ways that that work for that for you or ways that you do that? Um... Ways for me to stay on the light side? Yeah, like use uh, trust, like not use fear, conditional love, or or um, uh, manipulation, but yet still be firm and boundaries. Yeah. I think it comes back to that giving teenagers a reason. Yeah. Don't just say, hey, you can't do this. Say, what you're doing causes issues with X, Y, Z. Yeah. And... While you don't see that right now, it's harmful to others or even harmful to yourself to continue along this path. And so you, you, you ex, like I, I over-explain everything to uh, teenagers because, like I said, they have to have a reason. But once you have explained it and they understand the purpose, like um, in, in my broadcast journalism class, our purpose is to unite the community through information, um, not to tear someone down or... Um, kind of be sensational in any way. It's to unite the community through information. And, and you show them that in things that you do in the class, and they get to start to get it. And then you let them do it themselves, and then they really get it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I like how you explain that real discipline, and, and we'll get, I'll get to this in a future um, podcast also, is really just about teaching. You're teaching them what path to go down like uh you want to teach them uh inst like you're either teaching them the, path, the good path or the path that rocks but i always tell my students that the path that rocks is the good path and uh um, and if you teach them why doing all these things in a good way will make your life so much more awesome then they're far more likely to to do that and a lot of that has comes down to again this base of power is they have to trust you to be able to to teach them that and if they see that you that you know like for instance I know your students really trust you to teach them editing and to teach them film and to teach all those things because you're so good at it yourself like you've run all kinds of awards and stuff like that but they know that if you they do what you ask them to they're going to become good editors and that because they trust that they trust that in you well it's the same thing with parenting is that uh, if they see us living a life of goodness of happiness as i tell parents sometimes that part of the difficulty of being a parent is learning how to live a life of happiness because you don't want to basically be telling your kids 
um, do all the things I'm telling you to so that one day you can be stressed and unhappy like me. <laughs> someday you too. <laughs> uh, someday all of this will be yours. But I don't want that. Just the curtains. No, not the curtains, lad. Swamp. <laughs> yes. Okay, the swamp. sorry. Yes. So exactly, is you um, don't want to be saying um, that someday all this will be yours, and they're like, but I don't want this. But if you're living a life of happiness and it's a good life, they'll be like, yes, I want that. And that's kind of where they can trust you. Just like they'll trust your editing skills. They'll trust why you're telling them to do, to learn how to work hard, to do things, to, to do all the stuff that we're trying to do as parents. Because it's hard to understand that when you're a kid. So, so it comes down to that trust. But as you said, oftentimes we have to have boundaries. The key is having those boundaries without using fear, conditional love, or manipulation as a way to enforce those. So let's go down a little bit further. Whoops. Okay. So um, on the light side, as we call influence, um, I think you can do that. You can show love and kindness even while disciplining. I had a favorite teacher who taught how to teach who used what he called the three Fs. They're all good words. Don't worry. No. <laughs> <laughs> This is a kid show, right? It can be firm, fair, and friendly all at the same time. It is possible to be firm and fair and friendly with and still be very, very firm. And, um, but you don't have to use fear as a way to enhance that. So let's talk about how to do that here with just a couple more things here. Um, so we got the scene from Dead Poets Society here. One of my favorite movies. This movie actually is one of the reasons why I became a teacher, actually. This was big when I was in high school, so probably when you were a bit younger. <laughs> it's true. I still like it, though. Yeah. All right. Well, I heard the book, so it's good. Actually, let's restart this for a second. I, I wanted to explain the scene a little bit here. So in this scene, uh, again, for those of you who are listening and not watching, so in this scene, um, uh, um, let me start over again. So in this scene, um, he asked all the kids to write a poem. And Todd really tried all weekend long to write a poem. He, he ended up hating his poem. He thought everything that he wrote was horrible. So he threw it away. He came to class and Mr. Keating asked him to, uh, to share the poem. And, Mr. and Todd said, I, I, didn't, I didn't write a poem. So here's the thing. Mr. Keating was firm, fair, and friendly. He still made him get up to do a poem. But he was friendly in that he wanted to help him make the poem while he was up there as well. So he's firm and friendly at the same time. And that leads us to this scene right here where he's trying to help him. You don't get away that easy. Picture of Uncle Walt up there. What does he remind you of? Don't think. Answer. Go on. A, a, a madman. What kind of madman? Don't think about it. Just answer again. A crazy madman. Oh, you can do better than that. Free up your mind. Use your imagination. Say the first thing that pops into your head, even if it's total gibberish. Go on. Uh, go on. A sweaty tooth madman. Good God, boy. There's a poet in you after all. There, close your eyes. Close your eyes. Close them. Now, describe what you see. Uh, I, I close my eyes. Yes. Uh, and this image floats beside me. A sweaty tooth madman. A sweaty tooth madman with a stare that pounds my brain. Oh, that's excellent. Now, give him action. Make him do something. His hands reach out and choke me. That's wonderful. Wonderful. And all the time he's mumbling. What's he mumbling? Uh, mumbling truth. Yeah, yeah. Truth like, like a blanket that always leaves your feet cold. Forget them, forget them. Stay with the blanket. Tell me about that blanket. You, 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 you push it, stretch it, it'll never be enough. You kick at it, beat it, it'll never cover any of us. 
And from the moment we enter crying to, to the moment we leave dying, it'll just cover your face as you wail and cry and scream. All right, so uh, it reminded me actually of uh, something I saw with you recently. You had a student who hadn't done a final and was hoping to not have to do the final. <laughs> yes, and uh, in that particular case, I just contacted parents and said, hey, they need to do a final, and they have freshman success this period, and they came in, and uh, we knocked out a final. Now, is it perfect? No. But that student understands that no matter what, they're accountable for finishing their work, even though I helped that particular individual. I you know, scheduled the time. I made sure there was a story they could tell that was close by. And, and uh, they were able to do, prove to me they had the basic skills they needed to tell a complete story. So Yeah. So what inspired me, what I thought was really cool about how you did that is, first of all, you were still, you were firm about it, but at the same time, you were still friendly. You're like, look, you still have to do this, but I we can do this we can work on this together and and you had the little bit extra time i'm not you know sometimes with teachers they like don't have the time to do these kind of things but you had the time at this point um to be able to really kind of walk it through and uh um you helped her choose an amazing subject by the way <laughs> which was about me by the way <laughs> my podcaster <laughs> so in any case um but you were firm and friendly at the same time and you taught her a bunch of things that She'd never learned before. So that's kind of what we're going for. Yes, exactly. So you can do all that without using dark side powers. You don't have to be uh, have them afraid that they're going to disappoint you, which reminded me of something else I saw recently where oh, I had yeah. a student come by my room and she was in tears. She's like, I'm so worried Mr. Mooring's going to be upset at me. I'm like, he is not going to be upset at you. Let's go talk with him right now. So we went right next door and uh, she said, I forgot to turn in this paper. And I'm like, you can finish it right now. Just sit down <laughs> and just take care of it. I'll so, stay. And I stayed and she finished and everything. Yeah, so it was cool. I knew the student. She was an awesome student, but she um, just needed some extra help that time. And she, you were still firm. She still had to write the paper. She, she did it, and you gave her a fair grade for all that. Same with the other person. You were firm, fair, and friendly all at the same time. Uh, it is possible to hold high standards, not be permissive. We don't want to be the permissive parents or permissive teachers and say, "Well, you can just do whatever you want," um, because. The standard of being a successful human can be hard to reach, and uh, we want our kids to reach that. We want them to be a happy and healthy adult, and that can be a hard standard, but, but at the same time, they're not going to get it from us fearing them into it, if that's a word. It isn't, but we're going to, you know, like I said, a lot of the, the greats uh, invented their own words. Yes, we're going to invent lots of words here with this. So, okay, so... Uh, do you remember this? They actually showed this at one of our um, raw raws uh, a few years ago. The the, the first meeting that um, teachers love to do before classes start. Uh, it's about a student who had a problem tapping. Which, oh uh, yeah, yeah, I remember. That um, 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 well, let me just kind of show it to you guys, and you guys can hear it. Those of you who are listening here, but it's about this kid who always got in trouble because he couldn't hold still. He was always fidgeting, um, which reminds me a bit of myself also as well. Um, I'm very fidgety, um, and uh, so he uh, um, was about to get in trouble again. So let me play this real quick.
I have a lot of memories from when I was a child. One that's always stuck out to me though was when I was about 10 years old and I was in school and I struggled. And I, I didn't struggle with English, math, or science. I struggled holding still. And I would try to listen and focus and process ideas, but I couldn't help myself. And to be honest, I would sit there and then I would just start tapping. And the students in the class would look at me and they'd say, hey, stop tapping. A lot of the time, I didn't even realize I was doing it. And then eventually even the teachers got after me and they would yell at me and they'd say, Clint, you have to stop tapping. It got so bad that I got sent to the principal's office for tapping. And he said to me, okay, maybe when you go back to class, just try sitting on your hands. And so I did, I went back to class and when I felt myself starting to tap, I just, I did this, I sat on my hands. And that worked for about five seconds. One time I was tapping in class and my teacher, Mr. Jensen, he looked at me and he yelled. And he said, Clint, stay after class. And I thought to myself, this is it, I am done. Now I've always been the type of person that believes that a single moment in time can change a person's life. And this was one of those moments for me and I will never forget it. And so I was sitting there with Mr. Jensen and an empty classroom. And he walked past me and he sat next to his desk and he said, Clint, come here, I wanna to talk to you. And as he looked me right in the eye, he said, now I need you to know something, you're not in trouble, but I do have just one question that I have to ask you. And he asked, he said, have you ever thought about playing the drums? And in that moment, Mr. Jensen, he leaned back and he opened the top drawer of his desk. And he reached in and he pulled out my very first pair of drumsticks. And he held them in his hands and he looked at me and he said, Hey Clint, you're not a problem. I think you're a drummer. And from that moment on, I've never put those sticks down. I've toured, recorded, played drums all over the world. My whole college education was paid for with drumsticks in my hand. Just because of a single moment in time when somebody believed in me and he saw something in me that I didn't even see within myself. And from that moment, I learned that there's a difference between being the best in the world and being the best for the world. So that's super awesome. Although I have to say that I've always wondered after showing this if that meant he just was playing the drumsticks the whole time in class after that. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I have some kids that do that because I have like three or at least two, no, three kids on the drum line that have constantly tapping. And yep. as long as they're using their, the rubber, you know, the rubber pads, mm -hmm. it doesn't bother me. So. Yeah. So, and I, um, I've noticed that a lot of kids are actually better at paying attention 
if they're fidgeting with something with their I have some kids who play Rubik's Cube the whole time and um, sometimes I have to reorder the seating a little bit because there's people with hearing sensory issues that can't sit next to them but uh, so I'll have kids who are Rubik's Cubing or using uh, fidgety things I myself like to use a, a silly putty kind of a thing but uh, it's actually really helps um, sometimes again this is another thing you have to give up control is that some kids find the way that helps them learn a little bit here so so in any case um uh, as he said in the video that sometimes a moment in time can change a destiny and it's uh, i guess that's one of the things i really like about working with kids is that seeing that happen with um our own students from time to time i know you've had many students who've um, been changed by your classes and i i've loved to see that in my classes from time to time and uh sometimes they come back and Destiny has popped me to you. <laughs> exactly. Back so, to the future moment, but I'm better now. So I had um, a student who... Uh, um, I, I, sometimes you just never even know because they'll be sitting there quietly and just doing their own thing the whole time. And uh, I had a student come to me at the end of last uh, semester and she uh, wasn't even going to take the class. She got put in there by accident. She's, uh, she talked to me the first day about switching to a science class because science was her thing. At the end of the semester, uh, she said, you know, this is my favorite class. I'm like, uh, okay, probably because I'm so sciencey. <laughs> <laughs> you are quite scientific. Very sciencey. Uh, anyways, uh, then she asked me if she could take another one of my classes next semester. And uh, she said that, she, but it wasn't that. It was that she learned some things that she never thought she would learn before. And that's the goal. So, so in any case here, I wanted to watch uh, just uh, another scene here. Um, is that giving up control oftentimes leads to more power in the long run here and this is a scene between two friends it's not a parent child or a teacher child relationship here but it reminds me of some important concepts as well so in this free guy scene uh, he's trying to convince his friend to become what he calls one of the sunglasses people and uh, the sunglasses people uh, are uh, have more control over the world they're they're the player characters rather than the non-player characters that they typically are here so he wants him to see through the sunglasses but his friend isn't sure that he's ready here. Put him on. No. Life doesn't have to be something that just happens to us. Right? Just put the glasses on and you're going to see. You're going to see. Come on. I can't, okay? I'm sorry. You're my best friend, buddy. And you don't have to be scared. If you change your mind, be around. So the key there, the key there was that, that he tried to force his friend to do. He allowed his friend the option to choose. And oftentimes we give our kids or our students a fake choice. Like, I'm giving you a choice, but really, this is your only choice. <laughs> you can choose to do that, but I'll punish you if you do. Not really a choice. Isn't that what they did in the Barbie movie recently where she's like... <laughs> No, I give you a choice to give you the illusion of choice, but this is really the only choice. So, but what are some dark side ways to to that he could have used to try and force his friend? Well, could have shoved the glasses on his face. Yeah, could have forced it on his face. Um, he could have uh, tried to guilt him into do it. Like if you're a real friend, then you put these on and join me, kind of a thing. He could have uh, said, "I'm, s I don't really like you anymore unless you do this," kind of a thing. So those are all. 
All right, come here, little man. All right, this is my dog here, little man. He likes to eat Master Uguay sometimes. I'm just kidding. We had to teach him not to eat Master Uguay, but they're good friends now. Friends meaning that he ignores Master Uguay. Well, Master Uguay tries to climb under him and gets him really freaked out. <laughs> Hi, little man. Yeah. Friendship is saying a lot here. All right, so back to this. So, oftentimes giving up control is what helps in the long run. So his friend wasn't ready. He was okay with his friend not being ready. He didn't need to force his friend. And later on, his friend comes back and helps him out with something. Does that make look? Brother, I am sitting here with my best friend trying to help him get through a tough time. Right? And even if I'm not real, this moment is. Right here, right now. This moment is real. I mean, what's more real than a person trying to help someone they love? Now, if that's not real, I don't know what is. Oftentimes, I think of, um, actually, one of my favorite teachers described teaching or parenting kind of like this. It can be like a boxing match where you're dancing around most of the time, and most things seem kind of uh, ridiculous and like it's not helping. But then every once in a while, if you get in the right position and if you wait for the right moment, you can hit the knockout blow. I mean, metaphorically, of course. <laughs> Violence is not the answer. <laughs> The knockout blow, you inner can, peace. That you can say things or teach in the right moment when they most need it. You can help them, and they're ready for it, and that can make a big difference. And and oftentimes, uh, you're just kind of dancing around until that moment comes, and doing a lot of extra work and stuff like that. So, anyways, um, uh, I think we're almost done here, but let's uh, do a quick review. Oh, there is one more scene. Actually, I want to show you here, Mr. Holland's Opus. Do you remember that movie? I do. Another teaching movie that was really inspirational to me as well. So Mr. Holland um, goes into teaching thinking that this can be a side gig while he tries to compose music. He thinks he might have extra time teaching. <laughs> extra time. <laughs> That's what his friend responded to when he told him that also. Was uh, thought he'd have extra time. So in any case here, uh, Mr. Holland then... Um, he's having trouble with this one girl. This one girl is really, really trying her hardest... What's doing? Oh, can you just leave it right there, and we'll take care of it later. All right, we can edit. <laughs> That's a lot of editing. Yeah. <laughs> the fun of recording at home. Hey, uh, Felicity, can you take little man also? Felicity, go, go, go upstairs. Come here, go. Okay, close the door. Okay, and I'm back. So, there's this one girl who was really trying hard to play the clarinet. She can't do it. She comes in and says she's going to quit. And Mr. Holland tries a different way to try and help her, which is try and form a connection with her that she can, that she can build on, actually. Let me ask you a question. What? When you look in the mirror, what do you like best about yourself? My hair. Why? Um, my father always says that it reminds him of a sunset. Play the sunset.
close your eyes. One, two, three, four. Don't stop playing. So that was the first time she was able to play that piece without squeaking her way through it, which is why it was quite a thing. So oftentimes it's forming that connection, it's that trust, and then the kids can get the strength that they need to be able to pull off difficult things. Because again, with parenting, with teaching, it's all about kids doing hard things. It's not, again, not about being their best friend and not about being their enemy either. It's about being somebody that will help them find their way over that wall, so to speak. So I found that oftentimes kids, um, like in Mr. Holland's opus, they just need that connection. They need um, to know that you believe in them and they kind of get that desire to be able to try and move forward. Um, like the uh, a couple weeks ago, um, we were talking about my son. He was having a hard time during his first semester of middle school. And he told me that uh, he wanted to uh, um, work in Taco Bell after he graduated high school so he'd never have to go to school again. I said, well, okay, you know, they make really good burritos there. Uh, but part of it is he wasn't believing in himself. He wasn't feeling good about it. He wasn't. So we talked for quite a while, and if, I said, look, you can make that decision once you graduate from high school, but in the meantime, you still have to do well in school. And we're going to help you do that. We're going to be your coaches, and this can be a really difficult thing, or you can trust us, and we'll help you together. And he actually... The next few days after that, he started opening up to us a little bit more. I treated him as a coach. I mean, he treated me as a coach. I treated him as uh, one of my players. And we kind of just worked on, well, you're getting better, you're getting better. So it was that trust that helped him to start regaining his confidence again. So, Body built by Taco Bell. Exactly. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> All right. So now, one last thing that I want to mention here, get on to the next thing here is that um, we're trying to use discipline in a way, again, that is um, using trust and unconditional love. It is possible to be uh, firm, fair, and friendly. We talked about that earlier before this, right? Um, I think so. Okay. So, um, we want, while you're using discipline, you don't need to use the fear. You don't need to use the conditional love. However, oftentimes we do fall to the dark side, especially when we ourselves are having bad days. Um, so the key is being consistently on the light side because if you are good from time to time but bad from time to time then it can be oftentimes like this bridge here whereas the bridge might hold but it might not like I don't know I don't know if like sometimes they're nice but sometimes they're not so nice so I don't know if I want to cross that bridge whereas some people are more like on this side over here which is you know that they're going to be there for you, that you can talk to them, that they're going to help you get across. So Occasionally Indiana Jones will cut your bridge and just destroy it. Whereas if Indiana Jones tries to cut this bridge, he would have, it would be less effective. No, he will not be able to cut that bridge. No, not so much. So, uh, did you have people that you kind of felt that way about? I think we all have people like that in our lives that uh, we aspire to be like. I've had people in my church, um, my seminary teacher when I was a... Teenager comes to mind. I've had uh, my parents were fantastic. Are, are fantastic. Um, they're. It was funny that I remember vividly when I learned my parents were human. Like that was kind of a big deal for me. But 
I think that we have to do that with our own children and realize that occasionally we are going to have dark side days, but as long as we're striving for the light, the majority of the time we're probably going to end up in uh, a good place with those around us, not just your children, but even your friendships. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we all fall from time to time. And I think uh, you mentioned also that, that sometimes saying sorry or apologizing to your kids and say, hey, I didn't do that as well as I'd like to, that actually can increase the trust. They're like, okay, sometimes my parents might fall, but they're going to come back later and be it okay. Provides opportunities for you to teach them and for you to learn simultaneously. If you ever pretend you're perfect, you're you're going to fail. Yeah. So that puts you in the definite realm of the dark side. Yeah. And I know some teachers, some parents want their kids to see them as somebody they can learn from, so they're afraid to show them that, they're, that they don't know everything all the time. But oftentimes I'll tell my students, like, that's something I don't know. I don't really understand that. Or I'll tell my kids, yeah, I don't know that at all. I got nothing. <laughs> so, so the fact Just is... ask Google. Is I want to teach them that it's okay to not know everything, that it's okay to be imperfect, that we're all working through this together, and that'll help them as well in another way also as well. So, but the fact is, is I had one researcher who said that in order to have a healthy relationship, you need to have a, a ratio of five positive to every one negative. And that's in order to build up enough trust. Because the thing is, is that it's easier to tear down trust than it is to bring it up. If you're kind of at a one-to-one -one ratio, and every time you do something nice, the next day you come back and make them afraid of you, then that... The trust never builds up enough to where it's actually a base of power that you can teach them from. And so you might uh, have uh, some teachers or parents who are like, look, I'm trying to do the trust thing, but it's not working, so I just keep going back to the dark side. Uh, um, because that will work fast, but the problem is, is you're never building up the trust. Now, switching from a base of power of fear to trust takes... That can be a tricky thing. I might have to do a podcast on that in the future because um, because you have to kind of switch things over and then you might have to open up to your kid, your students, and say, look, I'm trying to do this a different way now. And uh, we're all afraid that they're going to go crazy at that point. But oftentimes you just have to be open with them about that. But so staying on the positive side uh, consistently, but again, not always, like a five to one ratio is something to strive for. And... Uh, Apologizing when you fall, kind of what it's all about. So one last thing I want to mention is uh, check out my website, jeffbrownsclassroom.com. You can find a lot of resources about this. You can find the slideshow. You can find some other videos that I've made on the topic as well. And um, lots of other curriculum materials if you're a teacher and some materials for parents, including some workbooks and stuff like that. So When are you going to make t-shirts? Uh, well, these t-shirts are already super cool, so... <laughs> I would buy that t-shirt. Jeff Brown's classroom. It definitely has to be the soft material if it is. So, yes. uh, to see. Warm so, and fuzzy. Thank you, Mr. Mooring, for coming on for these first two episodes. Uh, I, uh, he's an amazing teacher and parent. Practically <laughs> perfect in every way. As Stop it. Says Mary Poppins. Ooh. Disclaimer. He's Mary Poppins, y'all. <laughs> Things in mirror are not as... You know, definitely not perfect. But, uh, so it's been super fun talking with you about this also so thank you very much and uh master Uwe climbed under the couch he's probably uh having a party under there <laughs>